Hey guys, Skeletoni here. I just want to give you a heads up that we broke our own rules here and we did some spoilers for 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, so if you want to save yourself the pain of hearing them, I would go ahead and skip from 1.55 on the clock until about 2.01.30. Uh, that should help you avoid any problems. I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of the show. See ya. Hey guys, Skeletoni here. And Taylor of Terror. And we wanted to talk to you today about Audible. Look, let's face it. Books are long and boring. Sure. So why not let Alan Alda or Brian from Wings read them to you instead? Exactly. And if you're unsure that you like audiobooks, you can try one for free by going to audible.com slash graveplotpodcast. Get titles from Stephen King, John Grisham, George R.R. R. Martin, even H.P. Lovecraft. So head over to audible.com slash graveplotpodcast and get your free audiobook today. Audible. Listen for yourself. And now listen to a brand new episode of the Graveplot Podcast. Welcome to the Great Plot Podcast. <laughs> I am Taylor of Terror, and Fatty McFullmouth over there is Skeletoni. Yep, that's me. I'm Skeletoni. Hi. I gotta turn my mic up. Okay. Thanks for joining us again, guys. Um, we're on episode 58. Just, uh, just trekking along. New episodes. Yep. Every two weeks. What is, why is this happening to me? This is a hell of a start, let me tell you. <laughs> These um, are always our best episodes, though. If anyone is still listening... Uh, <laughs> okay. Can we proceed? I, I guess. Something's wrong with my pop screen, but... Anyway, uh, yeah, so welcome back. Um, how you doing, Taylor? <laughs> doing pretty well. Yeah. What's new? Uh, not much. Like I was telling you earlier, I went to a, uh, went to a birthday party last night mm-hmm. for, a, for a child. Not really. She's 26. But I mean, <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> I mean, compared to me, she's a, a child. Of course... Compared to everyone else there, she was a grandma. Yeah, basically. Oh yeah, that's, that'll happen when you go to a skating rink. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, twenty six years old, and she decided to have her birthday at a skating rink. 
and my girlfriend was pushing me to skate and i i told her i was like i know what will happen <laughs> and that's that i will fall on my butt and i will hurt myself and i'll get very angry i'll get very angry at you for making me do this and my night will be ruined <laughs> i'm taking everyone else down with me <laughs> yeah like i was saying earlier like i was always decent at skating like like the uh the two by two is like I can never actually roller skate, but they had both in this place, right? I think most rinks do, but like roller blades, I was halfway decent with those back in the day. Um, and I remember my elementary school always had like school parties there. My dad was the rollerblading mailman. Oh yeah, <laughs> he rollerbladed to and from work. <laughs> Not actually on his route; they wouldn't let him do that, but. But he wanted to. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny because, you know, there was always such a stigma, like in the 90s. Fruit booters. Fruit booters. Like, there's there were fruit booters and the skateboarders. And I always lean more towards skateboarding, but I was always better at rollerblading than skateboarding. See, my friends were all skaters. I didn't do either. You're just a guy. Because I don't have balance. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I never, I never got good at skateboarding. My, my brother got decent at it. I mean, nothing to write home about, but way better than I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, still played the part though, because, you know, in junior high. That you were cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so. Did you, did you caucus today? No, I don't do that. No. You not you don't vote? I vote. I just don't caucus. Yeah, I'm kinda of the same way. Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't I don't like to do any one thing that will register me or make it appear that I lean one way or the other politically. I don't like that we have closed caucuses. How do you mean? Like you have to be a registered Democrat to vote in the Democratic caucus. Oh yeah, right, yeah, and yeah. See that that's the thing. It's like I don't want, I don't want to register. You like, just register as independent. I don't register at all. You're not registered to vote. I'm registered to vote, but you don't you don't have to register as a political leaning to vote. Oh, thought you did. No, it's been so long since I registered to vote because I'm so old. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, like I said, that's why I don't I don't do. Um, caucuses. I don't do primaries, but I don't do any of that because I don't want. Like sometimes, mostly I will lean more towards Democrat, but sometimes I don't like Democrats. Yeah. So, um, and plus I don't want to get shit in the mail, which I know is bound to happen. Nobody wants shit in the mail. Sure. Political shit. Yep. Um. Anyone but Trump, twenty sixteen. That's what I say. Pretty much. Like I don't like Hillary at all. Like I. Have we talked about this on the show before? I can't remember. I don't know if we have on the show. But it's like, I like Bernie Sanders. I like what he stands for. I like what he believes in. And I and I believe that he truly believes in that, too. The thing is, I don't believe that he can actually make any of the things that he wants to happen. Yeah, well, that's, happen. that's true of whoever runs for president. True enough. I just, because he is such a political minor leaguer 
that I don't I don't think he has the pull to really make anybody in Washington actually respect him, regardless yeah. of the fact that he might be president. Could be. So, but I don't, I don't like Hillary. Like everybody, you know, everybody calls her a liar, which is true enough. But um, I just don't like her. She seems like a shitty person to me. She kind of does. I don't know. I'm not. I don't really know that much about her I, politically speaking. I don't. I haven't really followed her campaign that much. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And then you got the Republicans, and that's just a fucking shit show. Yeah. There isn't a single good choice on the Republican <clears throat> side. Absolutely not. People. I mean, people say that Kasich. He's is, he's is the good. less of the least of least offensive. Sure. Uh, but the fact that Trump and Cruz are the front runners, it's like, you know, Republicans seem in, in the past have said, okay, well, we need to be, we need to be more middle of the row. We can't be so stiff on the right. And in order to, to pull in younger voters, because younger voters have, don't have that super strong right leaning political view. Yeah. Of the past, so we need to we need to try and uh, create more of of a neutral leaning while still maintaining our Republican values. And so they went ahead and put Trump and Cruz in the front. Not on purpose, it seems like, but I mean, there's still talk that they like Trump could be the first person to win the delegates and not get the nomination. It wouldn't be the first, no. Mm, I could have sworn it. Uh, that's what I heard. FDR ha- happened to him. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But regardless, I mean, it's still like pretty unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's got to say something when the Republican Party is like, "Nah, you're too fucked up for us." Right. Yeah, I mean, there aren't, there isn't any re- like legitimate Republican that actually likes him. Yeah. And the fact that all, like just to show you how fucking broken the Republican Party is, all these guys that like they just spit venom at Trump when they were campaigning against him, like Christie and Rubio, Carson. Yeah. All these people they were just like so much vitriol. And now they're backing him. Yeah, yeah, because they won't. They won't break the party line. Well, Carson like publicly said that the reason he endorsed Trump is because Trump promised him a job, and that's what I think it is. I think the reason Christie is backing him is because he truly believes in his head that he'll be on Trump's ticket. Oh God, there's a terrifying thought, right? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just. I don't want anything like this to happen. I'd be comfortable with letting Obama just stay there for four more years. I I just want like the powers that be or maybe just the American public say, okay, you guys, you fucked up. Obama's going to stay here four more years. You guys go back to the drawing board and come back with your new plans. Yeah. Because this shit's not working. But 
I don't know. I think, honestly, I think probably the least worst we could do uh, would probably be Sanders, I think. I think so, too. I didn't, you know, I, I maintained a, a, a firm stance as, like, there's nobody I want to vote for. And that's still kind of the case. <clears throat> but if I'm going to vote, I'll probably vote Sanders just because I think he is the least full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And even, that. even if he can't uh, achieve the things that he's promising, the fact that he believes in them, the, the fact that he believes that he can is is good enough, I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's enough politics talk for sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, anything else? No. Okay. Um, well, let's just do some horror business then. All right. Starting out. Uh, I don't know. This is. <clears throat> I guess it can technically qualify as real world horror. I think this is kind of how the real world horror story or the real world horror uh, section started. True. Yeah. So, um, but uh, actor Larry Drake has passed away. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, familiar to you, you have probably seen uh, the dark man movies or um, all through the house, uh, the tales from the crypt episode, uh, Dr. Giggles, Etc. Etc. Um, but uh, yeah, he um, he played uh, Durant in the Darkman movies. That's how I know. That's how I know him best. I think. Okay. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> there hasn't, as far as I know, there hasn't been a cause of death listed yet. So I was trying to see if that oh. had been changed since I wrote this story. Mm. Um. But yeah, like he he played the titular character in Doctor Giggles. Um, he was in uh, he was on L.A. Law, and when he was on there, he actually won two Emmys. So you know, good for him. Back when winning an Emmy actually meant something. Uh, but as Taylor said, right right now, uh, the cause of death is uh, unknown. <laughs> He's been in and out of the hospital for unspecified health issues. Which I heard were related to his weight. I believe it. Because he he just got heavy. Like, yeah, I don't know if it was like diabetes or... I have no idea. But cholesterol I'm, or something? He was never like slim. No. But he was always, you know, a respectable weight. I remember him, you know, as Durant and... Um, what else? What else? What else? He was in, he was in Dead Air with Bill Mosley. Dead Air. Bill Mosley played the DJ, and he something about zombies. I don't remember exactly how. That sounds a little like Pontypool. Yeah, <laughs> I I remember thinking that when it first came out. Okay. Anyway. Um. But yeah, so I mean, he was he was always pretty trim, and like like I said, the you know the Darkman movies, which I know him best from, um, 
But then I, I remember seeing him in uh, American Pie 2. So, you know, however long ago that was. And he was just big. Like, he was a big guy. And I didn't, I didn't recognize him at first. Yeah. So, something happened. Hmm. Anyway. Um, but he was only 66 years old. So, that's just that's just a bit too young. Yeah. Um, anyway. But uh, we extend our condolences to his family and friends. And... Uh, Wish them the best in their time of loss. All right, we've been talking about a lot of depressing shit so far. Let's bring the mood up here. (laughs) We're talking about death and politics, like the two worst things in the world. Let's... Let's bring it up. Let's talk about amusement parks. Yeah. Namely, Universal Studios Hollywood, which is bringing a Walking Dead ride. Um, They're going to be expanding the Halloween Horror Nights maze that they have every year into a permanent attraction opening this summer. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about this. I know you said you guys are already planning on taking a California trip this summer. Yeah, well, I thought we were going this summer, but now it looks like we might be going... In the fall, so I don't know. Oh, we were talking about going next summer. Right. So I don't know if you guys want to hold off and do a, do a group, group. No, I needed a vacation. Group activity or? I mean, maybe. Maybe we'll go, but I don't know. I need a vacation this <clears throat> year. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Greg Nicotero tells USA Today, there are moments from the television show that we'll get a chance to recreate much more faithfully than we would in a maze. You'll get some great opportunities to see things from season one and some stuff from seasons three and four. Notice he skips completely over season two. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Uh, It's a little bit of a walk down memory lane for us. I love it. I think it says a lot that we're getting an opportunity to be part of a Walking Dead experience that's 365 days a year. According to Universal, the new no-holds-barred experience promises to be significantly more intense than recent Horror Nights iterations of the maze, with more detailed set designs, props, costumes, makeup, and animatronic figures. No official word on where this is going to be within the park, but uh, speculation is that it will be on the former location of Universal's House of Monsters, which was a year-round haunted maze that was torn down in November. That's such a bummer. That they tore down House of Monsters? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this is worth it. <clears throat> really? Yeah. House of Monsters is cool and nice. I don't know. I mean, zombies are... Zombies are just getting played out. I mean, plain and simple. Eh. So, I mean, Walking Dead's still cool, but... I don't know. Anyway. Um... God, I'm having just a hell of a time with my fucking microphone. Okay. <laughs> and we're back. Fucking microphone. Um, I kind of, uh, I mean, like, like I said, House of Monsters are cool, but there was also just the fact that like doing something like this for a, a year round um, experiences, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this is going to work out as well as I think it's going to. The thing I just wish like it, I, I don't know how immersive it's going to be. Yeah. But I feel like... Well, like, it's going to be no holds barred, so people are going to fucking bite you. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, then I'm going to put a fucking knife in their head. Yeah. Take that realism. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like if, if you know, if, if it's going to be this immersive thing, then it would be cool if you could shoot zombies. You know, if you, they give you like a Nerf gun or, you know, laser tag gun or something. Yeah, that'd be an awesome job. <laughs> it's like you're at a party. Oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, well, I'm a zombie. In The Walking Dead maze at Universal Studios, I get shot with Nerf pellets all day. <laughs> I don't know. If I was talking to somebody and they said that, I'd be like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Are they hiring? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it'll be cool, but I don't know. I don't know this is going to be something that people are like if somebody goes there uh in january i don't know that they're going to be that into a walking dead maze if it was like september or october you know halloween time or around the time that like a new per new uh season of walking dead premieres those are going to probably be the hot times yeah that's true so, I don't know. But what do I know? I mean, I don't... I don't Nothing. <laughs> I don't run an amusement park. And you never will. No, probably not. Unless we open Grave Plot Land. Oh. That sounds like a horrible place to go. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done with that one? <laughs> I don't know. Are we... <laughs> I don't know. Are we going to talk more about Grave Plot Land? I don't even know what that would entail. We'll discuss it later. <laughs> okay. We'll make a, make a business plan. Yeah, I've got an exciting business venture for you. So... Oh boy, this this thing is just so fucked. We've talked many times about the crow, um, the the remake of the original. Well, sort of a remake, reboot, Re- reboot would probably be a fetish. A fetish. <laughs> yep, <laughs> better fitting term. Um, since they weren't really remaking the original, they're making a new movie based on. On the, the comic. comics, yeah. But The Crow has been a fucking disaster pretty much since day one. Pretty much. They've gone through three crows? Uh, Just two. Just two? Yeah. But they don't have one at the moment. Right. Well, something they also don't have now is a director. Uh, Corin Hardy, probably the longest hanger on of this entire project. Has been fired. <laughs> he didn't actually leave like he should have. Right. He's fucking fired. Uh, he's been relieved of his $150,000 holding deal by the head of Rel- relatively Relativity Media, Dana Brunetti. The new head. Right. Because Relativity went tits up. Yeah. Um, uh, relatively thought it best that... Uh, Best to have Brunetti reboot the franchise as he sees fit. 
which apparently did not involve Corin Hardy. Um, producer Ed Pressman filed a request to deny Relativity, Relativity Media's rights to the sequels, prequels, or remakes of The Crow. Uh, he said he wasn't consulted on the decision to fire Corin Hardy um, and learned of the development only as a result of being copied on a pre-existing email chain. Well, that's fun. Yeah. I love being undermined like that. Especially like being CC'd on a pre-existing email chain. Like we should probably get Ed on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. When, like sometimes that'll happen at work. It's like suddenly I'll see an email pop up with all these other emails attached to it. Mm-hmm. Something that I maybe should have been involved in from the right. beginning. Anyway. Um, oh, he said firing Hardy undermined years of work experience work expended by the by pressman and has wasted valuable resources invested in the peak picture the picture picture um i think anything is going to be wasted valuable resources because this is not going you're anywhere. pretty much throwing money down a hole at this point yeah i mean i i almost feel like maybe uh this brunetti guy maybe he's just cutting loose anybody involved that would be the 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 smart move yeah and and just just killing this like putting it on a shelf and just forgetting about it we can only hope of course i mean it's not of a studio's um what's the word Uh, nature nature thank you uh to just let rights of a of a franchise just kind of lapse this is true so, I don't know. But clearly, <clears throat> Brunetti saw something awry. <laughs> yes. Which is a bit of an understatement. Um, oh, wait. No. Okay. This is what I was thinking of. This is the third director to leave the project. Horn Hardy's been attached for a while. Yeah. But before him was Juan Carlos Fresnadillo. From 28 weeks later, and F. Javier, Javier Gutierrez from Rings. So, yeah, third director. Gutierrez is laughing because his movie is actually going to come out. <laughs> Although, I don't know that many people will actually see it. Yeah. He's going to get paid at least. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get that money. <laughs> um, currently, no actors are attached. Um, if you remember. Luke Evans was uh, originally cast to play Eric Draven, but then he bailed last year. And then Jack Houston was going to play the role, and then he left shortly after. Like, he wasn't around long. No, he was only around for a couple months. Yeah. So, this project is just fucking doomed. Um, And then if you remember, Andrea Risenborough was in talks to play Top Dollar. And then, you know, that just didn't happen. Yeah. Which is fine because Top Dollar is not a woman. They so. were they were in talks and then they were like, okay, so we can't pay you. <laughs> is that going to be a problem? As soon as we see some money from this, we'll give you all, all the all that you want. But. I mean, you can take whatever you want from the set. <laughs> if you like that shirt you're wearing, have it. It's yours. <laughs> Anyway, so 
yeah, this is a fucking mess, and it's probably best that this is coming apart. Yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping that it completely unravels and they just stop. Relativity should just sell the rights to the studio that can actually make it happen. Yeah, it's, it's very clear that they are not competent enough to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Anything else? No. All right. Move on. So if you're familiar with the TV show Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. I am. You're going to be excited about this. I am. A long gestating movie is finally on the way. Yeah. That's going to be an animated movie called Todd and the Book of Pure Evil, colon, The End of the End. I'm not thrilled about being animated. I kind of wish they'd just make a live action one. Yeah. Because when, 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 when franchises do that, it seems like it's just kind of like the cheap way out. It probably is. Yeah. I mean, they raised $124,000 on Indiegogo, which, you know, in the grand scheme of making a movie is not a lot. Uh, but they also got an extra undisclosed amount from Telefilm Canada, which is actually the Canadian government. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said they needed another $750,000. So I don't know if that's how much they got. But, uh, yeah, so it sounds like they're. Um, There's just another way that Canada is better than us. The government just lets people make money. Yeah, I mean, I mean, movies have money. <laughs> yeah, so Canada Canada does it. Uh, the uh, Australia does it. Australia does it. New Zealand does it. Or actually, I think New Zealand gets money from Australia. I don't know. Um, and uh, do I say England? No. Or the uh, the UK, they do it. Not us. No, nope. we give you tax. We will charge you less money to make a movie. Yeah, if you shoot shoot in certain places. Speaking of a little off topic here, but have you heard? Have you been following this thing about Georgia at all? Uh, yeah, bunch of bunch of shows are talking about moving. Yeah, um, it's uh, actually becoming pretty substantial. Uh, if you're not familiar, um, basically Georgia has a has a bill pending. That will, they're calling it like the Religious Freedom Bill Mm -hmm. or something like that, Um, which basically gives them the right to persecute people. Yeah, private uh, business owners would have the ability to refuse service based on their own religious beliefs. So if, uh, you know, they're a religion that doesn't believe in gay people, they can refuse service to gay people. If they're a religion that doesn't believe black people should have rights, they can refuse service to black people. Yeah. We're scaling back civil rights here, people. Yeah. It's basically a fucking loophole to get around civil rights. You know, federal laws. Yeah. And like the 18th Amendment. And the Bill of like Rights. <laughs> 18th, 18th Amendment. That was... That's the one to arm bears. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but... Uh, yeah, Walking Dead's talking about Bolton. There's the AMC as a whole, like anything they shoot there, is backing off. And the right. NFL's pulling the Super Bowl too. NFL and Disney. Yeah. Current uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two is currently shooting in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. 
And they're talking about halting filming, halting production completely and going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And also so the that's uh, a big fucking deal. The NBA All-Star game was supposed to be in Charlotte next year. Oh yeah. They're talking about pulling out. Really? Yeah. Good. TC's fuckers will listen. Yeah. The, apparently the only thing that um like these ultra right wingers seem to really respond to is money. Well, yeah. So fuck it. Take their money away. Yeah, I'm for it. Come to Seattle. We love gay people. Yeah, but we don't like to give tax breaks. That's true. In fact, I think nothing's ever filmed here. Yeah, I think everything's filmed in Vancouver. mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that the Washington legislature has like ruled multiple times against giving any kind of tax breaks. I think you're right. Yeah. Anyway. What were we talking about? Todd, oh yeah, Todd the book <laughs> uh, Yeah, it's going to be animated by Smiley Guy Studios and distributed by Vancouver, BC's Raven Banner Entertainment. <laughs> uh, picks up where season two left off and drops you right into a new hilariously inappropriate adventure for the gang of pure evil. It's going to be written by the original writers and starring all of the original cast, including Jason Mewes. Um, yeah, that's coming this October. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I really like that show. I was really bummed that it only lasted two seasons. I actually haven't watched a lot of it. I think I've only seen a handful of episodes, and they're all, like, out of order, so I don't even really know what's going on. Oh. It was on. I think it was on Netflix for a while. I don't know if it still is. Yeah. Might have to check it out. Might be on, I don't know, Amazon or Hulu. I don't know. One of them streaming services. Yeah, there's so many now. So, check out Todd and the Book of Pure Evil, colon, The End of the End, coming October 2016 to a theater near you. Probably not. Probably not. talked about this on the show before uh, god i want to say yes i think we maybe brief, th- briefly I, mentioned it see i thought we had but i saw a bunch of sites that were like oh apparently this is happening i don't know maybe i'm wrong i don't I'm not really I sure we had but who knows uh but uh 90s movie i guess i think it came out in 1990 um Oh, yes, 1990. Um, but Jacob's Ladder is being remade. Uh, I remember the original starred uh, Tim Robbins uh, as a Vietnam vet um, that's going crazy with hallucinations and flashbacks. Um, and he starts like seeing like demons and shit. Monsters and beasts and creatures of the night. Yep. But yes, it's being remade. Um, director David M. Rosenthal from The Perfect Guy is going to uh, head it up. Uh, Michael Ely from The Perfect Guy will star. Perfect Guy. Really, they're really branching out, huh? Apparently. Was what? Was the Perfect Guy? Uh, it was like a movie. You're a great help. <laughs> um. It's being written by Jeff Bowler. <laughs> Bueller? Bowler. Bueller? Anyone? 
No, no, it's, it's Bueller. It's anyone. It's, <laughs> Jeff Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta bounce your B more. Bueller. Bueller. Uh, no, but no, it, it probably is Bueller. I don't know. Uh, um, the perfect guy is about. Uh, perfect guy. Leah Vaughn who has a fulfilling career and a loving relationship and seems to have it all, but things come crashing down when Dave, her longtime boyfriend, questions her future plans for marriage and a family. The resulting breakup leaves Leah heartbroken until she meets the charming and handsome Carter Duncan, our Mr. Ely here. Ah. Soon the budding romance ah. Soon the budding romance turns dangerous as Carter reveals his volatile nature, forcing Leah to turn the tables on the man she thought was Mr. Wright. Who's in it? I mean, aside uh, from Michael Ely. Uh, Sana Lathan. Morris Chestnut. Okay. I I know this one then. Yep. Michael Ely is a black guy. Yeah. All right. But he's got like brown eyes. Right. Yeah. He's got. Just eyes that you can get lost in. <gasps> Thank you, White. And you bought us a new grill? Oh my god. This is a great day, people. I got coffee and a George Foreman grill. What? I got a rock. <laughs> oh. That's gonna not have to be played with right now. That wasn't a good sentence. That was not a good sentence. That's terrible. <laughs> he no get playtime now good. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so doing a race swap. Okay. More and more common. Uh, I mean, it's not. In this instance, it's not a big deal. It's not like a, his race was a big part of the story. No. Um yeah, yeah. I mean, it, did you ever finish saying who it was written by, or did you just focus on saying Bueller so many times that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I did. Okay, it's been written by Jeff Bueller, uh, who wrote Midnight Meat Train, and Sarah Thorpe, who wrote The Bounty Hunter. Uh, it's being based on a previously written draft by Jake Wade Wall, uh, who was uh, recognized from When a Stranger Calls remake. Which wasn't very good. No, it wasn't. So maybe that's why they're rewriting it. Maybe. <laughs> Midnight Meat Train was good. It's pretty good, yeah. Never uh, saw The Bounty Hunter. I'm not even familiar with that. Me neither. Um, Unless we're talking about fucking Boba Fett. <laughs> no, not that guy. Or Dog. <laughs> no, not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> what about... Uh, what about Ice? Ice? <laughs> No, who was uh, Lorenzo Lamas? Uh, what was his name? Uh, fuck it. Um, yeah, for anybody that hasn't seen the movie or has and needs a refresher, uh, the original was about um, Jacob Singer, who I said, as I said, was a Vietnam War vet, 
um, who struggles to maintain his sanity, played by hallucinations and flashbacks. Singer rapidly falls apart as the world and people around him morph and twist into disturbing images. His girlfriend, Jesse, and ex-wife, Sarah, try to help out, but to little avail. Even Singer's chiropractor friend, Lewis, falls... Danny Aiello. I don't remember him being in that. Um, fails to reach him as he descends into madness. Yep. Have you seen Jacob's Ladder? I don't think so. It's it's pretty good. It's it's kind of a trip though. Like it's it's really fucking weird. Isn't there a dick piercing called the Jacob's Ladder? Yes. Eh, not the same thing. No, not the same thing. <laughs> um, this new version sounds like it's going to be nothing like that. Is oh right? I guess there's more to this. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Buller. Buller. He told Dread Central uh, uh, that it's a really cool approach because there are so many different people from different backgrounds in the military who come back from war fucked up. True enough. Uh, the experience of PTSD is not specific to any one group of people. This version of Jacob's Ladder will have a more contemporary and diverse look at the world of military families. My version of Jacob's Ladder is all about the coming home process, as opposed to these guys in the field having, still having battles in their minds so much it's more personal and emotional. See, the original wasn't really so much about PTSD, because I don't think that was really a thing that was recognized back then. Yeah. Uh, it was more about Agent Orange. <laughs> And the fucking psychotropic drugs that the f- government gave to the soldiers in Vietnam. Right. And how it fucked them up for life. So, that's, that's a little bit of a spoiler, but the movie's like fucking 30, well, 25 years old. 26. 26 years old. So, fuck it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I recommend seeing the original, though. It is pretty good. Um, if you're one to partake, maybe do that too. <laughs> Might enhance your experience. I don't know. Never done it myself, but what are you talking about? Pot? Yeah. Oh. Or anything else? I wouldn't do LSD though because that seems like it would just be terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Bad news. Yeah, the new one sounds. I don't know. Personal and emotional. That's don't nobody want that. <laughs> it sounds like it's gonna be less of a horror movie yeah but i don't know we'll see i mean i imagine we'll see a trailer for it eventually if it ever actually comes to fruition but probably it's usually what they do they They, tend to they tend to make trailers for movies So earlier we talked about how movie studios tend to not just let rights expire. Uh, Case in point, they're making another Children of the Corn. I remember we talked about that. Yeah. It was earlier. (laughs) All right. Uh, Case in point, they're making another Children of the Corn sequel. Uh, It's going to be a sequel to the made-for-TV remake from 2009. I didn't even know that existed. I knew it existed. I haven't seen it. 
Yeah, I mean, we, it was on Sci-Fi. Yeah, which is probably why we both avoided it in one way or another. Yeah, uh, it's being written by Joel Cezanne or Soisan, soy sauce, soy sauce, <laughs> written by Joel Soy Sauce, who wrote Children of the Corn Genesis, and directed by John Gulliger, who directed Feast. So that's something. That is something. It's it's a little something. I mean, but... Clue Clue Gulliger is going to be in it. Probably. That guy's cool. <laughs> He's cool. He's just a cool old guy. He was he was so cool in Feast. <laughs> you having a fucking heart attack? <laughs> uh, it's going to be titled "Children of the Corn Runaway." Uh, it follows a young pregnant woman who escapes a murderous child cult in a midwestern town. She then spends the next decade living anonymously in an attempt to spare her son the horrors that she experienced as a child. She lands in the small Oklahoma town, but something is following her. Now she must confront this evil or lose her child. Dum, dum, dum. Yep. Sounds thrilling. Sounds stupid. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um. But like I said, it sounds like they're just rushing into this because they're about to lose the rights. Uh similar to what they did with Hellraiser Revelations. Yeah. And they went, we need a new Hellraiser, Doug Bradley. And he went, no. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a fucking sci-fi movie. I mean, presumably, presumably this is going to be on sci-fi again. Probably. Um, I mean, sci-fi makes... Sharknado and or all the Sharknado shows Sharknado to the world. <laughs> they don't actually make it. And Lava Lantula and all those other dumb things. Dumb, dumb, sh- sh- stupid shit. Dumb Balls. idiots. <laughs> yep. So, but don't see this. <laughs> just, just say, forget this is, is happening. <laughs> Sorry we said anything. <laughs> Don't look your back, drop all the knobs, look for the shelter, moron. Before this faceless monster strings you on the tree. Beware of slender man. Beware. So HBO is going to be releasing a Beware the Slender Man documentary, which is interesting. Beware Slenderman. John Slenderman. Um, it, uh, it's interesting because Slenderman, as we all know, is not real. What? <laughs> Sorry, everybody except Taylor. <laughs> God, um, next thing you're going to tell me Santa Claus isn't real. By the way, happy Easter. We've got to talk later. <laughs> yes, Easter. Easter bunny. <laughs> Easter bunny is Happy real. Easter bunny. <laughs> It'll be over by the time you guys listen to this, but Yep. God the con- the the traditions of Easter. I mean I think comedians have been over this till it's Oh, I'm sure they have fucking not funny anymore, but just celebrating <clears throat> the rising of Christ with a rabbit that leaves eggs. I always wonder does does the Easter bunny lay the eggs? I don't know. Like I know bunnies are mammals and they don't lay eggs, but <laughs> maybe he's a special bunny that that does. 
He's a magical bunny. He's like Santa Claus because he could do, visit millions of homes. And isn't it weird that Christians are so against abortion and yet on Easter, the Easter bunny leaves aborted chicken fetuses all over your house? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Although I think Christians tend to fight against the uh, Easter bunny concept. They do? I think so. I mean, like devout ones. People that have a sense of humor don't. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just really laying into the, the Christian right in this episode, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, beware the Slender Man. Right. That's what we were talking about. Beware the Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> It's being directed by Irene Taylor Brodsky. Bro- Brodsky. Um, Brodsky. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. I hope it's Brodsky. <laughs> um, Beware the Slender Man looks... Sounds like it's going to actually focus on... The, the story of the two girls that murdered their, or attempted to murder their classmate. The two <clears throat> 12-year-olds, right? Yes. Um, Morgan Geyser and Anissa Wire. Right. Or Weir. Um, they lured their friend into the um, woods, stabbed her 19 times, and she survived, which is, yeah. that is the fucking amazing thing. She, like, crawled to the road or something where mm-hmm. somebody found her, I think. Um. Uh, the documentary was shot over 18 months with heartbreaking access to the families of the would-be murderers. The film plunges deep down the rabbit hole. Hey. Hey, Easter bunny hole. <laughs> um, of their crime. This is, we shouldn't have made a joke. This is a very serious topic. Um, Uh yeah, and you know talks about their their influence by the completely fabricated creation of Slenderman. Slenderman, <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, let's see. It's going to focus on the entrance to the internet, or how the ent- entrance to the internet can quickly lead us to its dark basement within just a matter of clicks. And how much do do we? Ah, goddamn. And how much do we hold children responsible for what they did there, or what they did, what they find there? Fuck, can't read today. How about, a better question might be: How much do we hold their parents responsible? Yeah. Um, and honestly, though, I think we tend to overlook the responsibility of the children. This is true. I mean, I, like, I really love the fact that they threw the fucking book at these girls. Yeah. I mean, regardless of the fact that they're 12, they're out of their minds, they're dangerous, mm-hmm. and they need to be locked away for years. And that that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, this is a good thing. I mean, it's, it's a perfect example of how the law in the country should work. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. But... <laughs> Anyway, um, if you're, I mean, if you're not familiar with Slender Man, you can do any amount of research on the internet. There's plenty about him. It was originally a creation on creepypasta.com. 
that basically turned into this just urban legend. And now, like, the the lines of true and fantasy have kind of blurred with, with him. <clears throat> and a lot of people have kind of adapted the character into their own iterations of it. So it's a very interesting kind of... Uh, I can't think of anything in the past that is just, like, so inundated society to this level where people like think that it's something real and they need to do these horrible things to appease him somehow. Yeah. It's, it's a very strange that they could mini that, that with very little manipulation and very little force and no force, really, it was basically just a story that, was told on the internet. Right. This wasn't like something that somebody created to, to try and get people to commit these heinous acts. It was just a story. And for whatever reason, it turned into this thing that people feel the need to, I don't know what, I don't even know what, what their line of thinking is that they feel the need to, like treat this fictional character like a god. Yeah, and I, I don't understand it either. Um, I, 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 I mean, I, I'm gonna watch this documentary just so maybe I can get maybe it can shed some light on how it became such a phenomenon. How some how a simple store story or maybe collection of stories that were intended to be just these completely fictional myths that mm-hmm. were created, how it's been spun into this, like I said, urban legend. Yeah. It's like you, you can easily trace the origin of Slender Man. There's no real mystery or mystique to it. It was a, 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 like a, a repeating myself it's a completely fabricated story and yet people some people believe that it's gospel and it's just it's it's fucking weird it is fucking weird weird wild stuff crazy wild stuff so yeah i don't know this uh it recently debuted at south by southwest so i don't know when it's going to be is it going to be on it's gonna be on hbo or is it i would assume so yeah okay i don't know if it was just hbo studios or whatever but well regardless of how it's presented i'm sure we'll be able to see it one way or another uh just yeah keep an eye out for it because i mean this is this very interesting topic and i think a lot of people would probably be interested in it so there's a new zombie video game coming out to Steam, but it's going to be virtual reality. We're living in the future, folks. Living in the age of pink eye. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's going to be titled The Brookhaven Experiment. 
and in it, something has gone terribly wrong. There aren't many people left these days. The things that showed up after the experiment tore a hole through reality. So you're shattering with it. The things that showed up. <laughs> well, there's an ellipsis. Uh, you're not sure how much time or humanity, you're not sure how much time you or humanity itself has left. It, it, if you have enough bullets and enough batteries, maybe you can live long enough to fight off the monsters and see tomorrow. If you see enough tomorrows, you might just be able to get back to the event and close off the hole that these monsters keep emerging from. What? How is this a zombie game? Sounds more like demons. Yeah. Or, like, are they zombies from the future? <laughs> future zombies. Um, the Brookhaven Experiment is a virtual reality survival shooter for the HTC Vive, which is one of those things that you put on your face and get pink eye from. Oh, well, thanks. The whole thing. <laughs> uh, players will have to use the weapons and tools provided to survive ever more terrifying ways of horrific monsters in an attempt to figure out what caused the beginning of the end of the world. And if they're strong enough, stop it from happening. Keep what? Your what? Beginning of the end of the world, and if they're strong enough, stop it from happening. Oh, the beginning of the end. Okay. I was going to say, it's the end of the world. You can't stop it. It's already happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, the beginning happened, but not the end of the end. Right. The Todd in the Book of Pure Evil. <laughs> And it all comes around. Uh, keep your head on a swivel. Upgrade your equipment. Shoot. And if all else fails, pistol whip your way through the monster hordes to survive one more day. Day by day. Day, day by day. day. <laughs> oh. All right, some thoughts and crafts. Cave drawings. <laughs> oh. Is anyone still listening? We Not got, anymore. I, just, I think we've gotten on to off topic on every single story. <laughs> um. So yeah, if you if you're not afraid of pink eye, maybe <laughs> and you can keep your head on head on a swivel. Keep your head on a swivel, and uh, yeah, maybe give this a shot. If if you want to let us know how it is, by all means, we'll listen. Just don't come near us. Just don't touch us <laughs> with your pink eye. <laughs> So there's some news that I'm pretty sure we already knew. Well, I had a feeling. <laughs> Just an inkling. But we talked many times before about the potential project of, um, of a all-male Ghostbusters reboot thing. Starring Channing Tatum and Chris Pratt. Seemed like pretty early on Chris Pratt said, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not involved in that, so... I don't that, think he said he wasn't involved, but he kind of said that's that's Channing's thing. He's running the show. He maybe, was just kind of along for the ride. Maybe so. If it happened. Um, and, you know, we talked about how, like, or I guess I, I brought up the fact that it's like, those guys are just too pretty to be Ghostbusters. Yeah. That was being headed up by uh, the Russo brothers. Uh, it was Joe and who's the other one? Vince. I don't think that's right. 
No, Vince Russo was a writer for WCW in the 90s. Oh, that guy. <laughs> Nobody knows that, Taylor. Lots of people know that. That's not a thing that people know. Right now, Max Zaleski is at home like, I knew that. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anthony. Uh, Anthony. Joe and Anthony Russo. Ah, I thought you were calling me Anthony for some reason. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Scalanthony. Um, anyway, so Joe Russo told Forbes that uh, there was no status with that for us. There was a period where Paul Feig was engaging Sony in talks about Ghostbusters, and we were also engaging them. He was he was further along with his process than we were, and he closed his deal, so that's the only Ghostbusters world that's a, being explored right now over at Sony. Uh, once we took Infinity War, it took us off the table for any kind of potential work on a Ghostbusters project. So. It seems kind of interesting, interesting to me that they apparently want to build this whole cinematic universe of Ghostbusters, and yet they decided to not move forward with a movie that's there. Uh, yeah, whatever. But they're moving forward with the animated movie. Yeah. But, I mean, like, that exists can exist in a completely different you know world it's not something that has to exist together with the movie what is infinity war i'm pretty sure they're talking about the marvel movies i think because I know they did Civil War. Oh, yeah, it's the new Avengers. Right. Yeah, this is the Infinity War is where they're going to fight Thanos. That's where they're gonna, presumably going to bring together like all of the Marvel characters that they've had so far. Mm. Yeah. Including Blade? <laughs> no, probably not Blade. <laughs> Although that'd be fucking awesome. That would be. Oh my god! Could you even imagine? There's just this huge battle, and all of a sudden, fucking Wesley Snipes starts flipping out of the air. <laughs> well, a goddamn katana. Um. Anyway, that's fine. I mean, I'd kind of rather they just make a good Avengers movie or a good Ghostbusters movie. Well, that too, but Ghostbusters, as I've said before. Rather, I, I would rather they did nothing than make the movie they made. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I don't want them to conv- convolute the, the, the series any more than it already is by making basically two different brands of Ghostbusters. That's just dumb. Yeah. So. Whatevs. Uh, moving on to Remains, Emma Bell is going to be making her directorial debut. Uh, if you don't know Emma Bell, you may recognize her as Amy from The Walking Dead, although she got ate up real good real quick. She was in like, what, two episodes? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, she was also in Final Destination 5 and Adam Green's Frozen. Uh, she was one of the main stars of Frozen. Uh, she's Considering about 99% of the movie was three people. Well, yeah. Uh she's going to be directing a film called Scratch. 
which is about about a repressed 1950s housewife who was left alone by her philandering husband uh, when she makes a horrifying discovery about the noises in the house that are coming from the walls. Dum, dum, dum. Interesting. Quite. Uh, Rob Zombie's movie 31 is, <clears throat> has gotten distribution. Uh, Sabin Films has acquired the North American rights to 31 and plans to release it in limited theaters on September 16th, uh, which would lead one to presume that a VOD release would be around that same time. Uh, 31 is a treat not just for horror fans, but fans of true auteur filmmaking, said Sabin Films President Bill Bromley. Bromley? Probably one of those. Bro Miley. <laughs> Bro Miley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the film is executed in true stylistic zombie fashion. Rob is an unrivaled talent. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's pump the brakes here. Um and we are thrilled to bring his bold new film to audiences across the continent. Uh, Rob Zombie said after meeting with Saban, it was obvious that this was the perfect home for 31. Uh, they have a true understanding of the genre and how to handle it. I am very excited to work with them. Uh, before we move on, Saban, I'm pretty sure, was the studio that produced the original Power Rangers. Actually, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't Saban Films, but... Saban Entertainment, I think. Something, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> so that's weird. That is, that is random. Yeah, because, I mean, Saban made, like, the first, however, you know, three or four iterations of Power Rangers, and they transferred rights to Disney, and now they have them again. So it's odd. But, anyway... I was wondering if they were doing the new Power Rangers movie, but it doesn't appear they are. Are they not? Uh, well, it didn't come up in like the list of movies, hmm. but I didn't like go deep into their IMDb or anything. Yeah, because I know they own the rights, so I would think that they would be involved. Hmm. So I don't know. Whatever. Uh, we've talked before about the new uh, Freeform, formerly ABC Family show, Dead of, Dead of Summer. Uh, t- Tony Todd has joined the cast. Uh, no word yet who he's going to be playing, but he announced on the 21st of March via his Twitter account. And this is verbatim. With great honor, proud to announce joining cast of ABC Family, now known as Freeform Show is Dead of Summer. We should put sick. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, what I got from that was he's joining the cast of Dead of Summer. Yeah, one would have to assume. Uh, in case you don't remember, the show is inspired by 80s summer camp horror movies. Um, in Set in the late 1980s, school is out in the dead of summer, and a sun-drenched season of firsts beckons the counselors at Camp Clearwater, a seemingly idyllic Midwestern summer camp, including first loves, first kisses, and first kills. That was too, like that. That was too Batman. <laughs> Uh, clear and, and first kills. That wasn't very good either. Fuck you. Well, mine wasn't good either. We're both we're both terrible. <laughs> Clearwater's dark ancient mythology awakens, and what was supposed to be a summer of fun soon turns into one of unforgettable scares and evil at every turn. 
Uh, Production officially began last week. And also joining the cast is Zachary Gordon, who you may know as the Wimpy Kid from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. No, I don't know him. Well, then you probably don't know him. I just said that. Well, he's joining the cast as Jason Blotter-Cohen, a happy-go-lucky counselor and Camp Clearwater's resident stoner who tries to keep everyone distracted and happy while strange things occur at the camp. Because tropes. Right. (laughs) Gotta have that stoner. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space might be getting a TV show. Uh, Stephen Kyoto, uh, who is the director and one of the film original films writers, uh, was on the Movie Crit podcast. Uh, he said, "Right now, we are currently pursuing a long arch series for a cable. We wondered, should we do a sequel to the first one, or do we want to do a remake? We came up with a requel." That's that is an actual word that came out of his mouth. They stole that from us, but we said it in a much less serious manner. We've used requel before. I'm pretty sure we've used sequoot. Yeah, that was kind of our go to, I think. Yeah. Either way, uh, it's a sequel and a remake. Oh, now it makes sense. Sequake. <laughs> uh, we've been developing this for a while. It's a trilogy in four parts. Now, wait a minute. Hang on a second. I got to stop you there. Last I checked, trilogies are three parts. Right. So wouldn't this be a quadrilogy? Yeah. I think we're on the same wavelength here. Or is one part in two parts? Like Like Harry Potter. (laughs) Right. How the last movie was actually two movies. Yeah, but it was only one book. Yeah. I hate that I know that. God <laughs> damn it. I'm pretty sure that they did the same thing with Hunger Games. I think they did the same thing with Twilight, too. Yeah. Fuck. It's like, just to get that last little oh, yeah, bit just of money out for of every dime imaginable. Uh, trilogy in four parts, and it really follows the continuing adventures of new people who are experiencing this phenomenon of a clown invasion and once in a while you see some of the old guys pop up and hear their stories find out what happened over the last 25 years it's fucking great we'll be the judge of that I liked Killer Clowns from Outer Space I did not care for it Well, it was just I, I, I like camp that was just too much camp <laughs> it was really campy uh, fans of Holliston will be excited to hear that a Holliston graphic novel is on the way titled Holliston colon Friendship is Tragic. Uh, writer Greg Wright, artist Stephen Sherrar, and fucking tracer Joshua Werner <laughs> will be uh, will be creating this project. Uh, in it, Adam, Joe, Corey, and Laura are about to discover just what their friendship can handle when Adam finds a cursed credit card <laughs> and buys his friends some Halloween gifts. I, I, I really like that this sounds like a Holliston It episode. does. It's something that fucking ridiculous would only happen on Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh The presents are perfect. A little too perfect. Soon, mad killers, giant monsters, and evil aliens are on the loose, as well as the deadliest threat of all, success! <laughs> Will the gang sell out? Will they ever speak to each other again? What's the return policy for cursed credit card purchases? Find out in Holliston, colon, Friendship is Tragic, this October. Yay! And then, of course, season three is coming to uh geek 
nation nation.com eventually yeah i don't think they've been forthcoming exactly when they haven't started filming yet but i know they're doing uh like script readings and stuff so mm. all right well that's it for horror business um no interview this week so we are just gonna go ahead and jump right into our film 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 reviews film 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 this is the stupidest episode yet is it probably not <laughs> what are we doing oh yeah movie reviews shut up shut up we need room for the bumper <laughs> Love, take me down to the streets. Dude, you're going to have that fucking song stuck in my head. Dude, I've had that song stuck in my head for like three days. Yes, it's better than having... I've had Golden Years by David Bowie st- <laughs> stuck in my head for like three days. It's driving me insane. Why? I don't know. It's not like I was listening to it. It just popped into my head and now it won't leave. That's weird. It's like a fucking relative that won't go away. <sighs> anyway. Uh, so reviews, 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 two movies. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. What are we doing in our lives? <laughs> Wasting them away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two movies enter. Only one can leave. No, they both leave. True. <laughs> You don't have to tell them that. This isn't the Double Murder Podcast. What? So this isn't the Double Murder Podcast. Where they review two movies and then pick a winner. Oh, yeah, I guess they do do that. Do-do. Poop. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> which one do you want to do first? Uh, Jerusalem. Oh my God, I can't believe we're really going. What's our seat number again? <laughs> How's he doing? What? We've now reached our destination. Welcome to Jerusalem. Namaste, Hip-hop, Arabic, Mission, Crazy, Mustafa, Libby. Church, next door synagogue, next door temple, all stuck together. Look where we are, it's insane! The city is awesome! If you don't believe in God, you came to the wrong city. <laughs> Yom Kippur, Judgment Day. It's not the skies that's opening up tonight. It's the ground. It's religious bullshit. They're closing the gates. They're not letting anybody out of the city. Going to be the best vacation 
ever. Okay, Jerusalem is a 2015 movie. Uh, directed, what? I was just going to say from Israel. Yes, it is from Israel, which was a little confusing at first because um, it the characters are American. Right. But they're plays played by Israeli actresses. Which one it's it's kinda hard to tell. She doesn't really have an accent. The other one, she's trying to hide her accent and the not, guy was the worst. Yeah. And it was very clear that he was I mean like it was it was almost like I couldn't tell if he was trying to hide an accent. Yeah, that's the thing. When they when they first meet him, they ask him where he's from. And he says, all, all over, I travel a lot. Yeah. So I, I just thought maybe he had an accent and I just couldn't place it. Well, but, but then at the end of the movie, she says he's American. Yeah. His name was Kevin Reed. So, I mean, that's not really. His, yeah. I went to high school with a Kevin Reed. Oh, my God. Maybe it's him. <laughs> not the actor, the character. I know. Stupid. You're a big dummy. He was a twin. Was his twin's name Kevin, too? No, it was. T- his twin's name was Kip. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, he had a really poorly hidden accent. His name was Kevin Reed, so it's clear that he was not playing an Israeli. Right. The actor's name is Jan Tumarkin. Right. They all had, I mean, I, I presume Israeli names. <sighs> okay. Yeah, all Israeli actors. I think the main character... Uh, Sarah, she, she's, um, I believe she's Israeli and British. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, these aren't super well-known actors, so there's not a lot of information available on them. Um, but anyway, so the story is, uh, these girls, Sarah and Rachel, they're going on a trip to Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv. I don't think it's really any specific reason why. I think they're just going on a trip. Yeah. They, um, oh, by the way, right off the bat, I feel like we should say that this movie is entirely first person through Google Glass. Right. Smart Glass. Right. Generic brand Smart Glass. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was going to... Remind me to to talk about that later. Oh, I'm sure it'll come up. <laughs> um, yeah, so these girls they they go to Tel Aviv. Um, on the plane they meet Kevin. Um, who when they land in Tel Aviv, they he talks them into going to Jerusalem. Um, he says that like that's the the cool place to be. There's gonna be a bunch of sweet parties and just the awesome sights to see and stuff. So, and it appears that, uh, Sarah is smitten with him. So she wants a dick. <laughs> she wants a dick. Um, and Rachel calls her out for it. Like right away. Yeah. It's <laughs> like you slut. <laughs> Bitch. Um, anyway, so they go to Jerusalem. Uh, they check into a hostel. Run by Omar. Omar the Creeper. Yeah, he's a really creepy guy. He's like just like the generic open shirt, chain wearing Middle Eastern guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. He's there, There's nothing really 
malicious about no him. like he's, he's, he's a nice guy he's just right weird. He's, he's just just the character is just this like like you said stereotypical creeper guy yeah um but he starts coming on to rachel and, and she wants a dick <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah he takes him to like some parties and stuff and uh I don't know. I'm not really sure how much to to talk about. Like, we, there's a lot of stuff going on. Not a lot of it <clears> seemed relevant to the plot. There's a lot of fluff in this movie. Yes, agreed. It's the thing is, there's a lot of time that seems to be spent towards character development, but at the same time, you figure out who these characters are within like the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, they're not really like complex characters. Yeah, and it, this this you know character development doesn't really add anything it's like yeah. they they're going out to bars and they're partying with guys and it's like yeah i kind of figured that's who they were at the beginning of the movie yeah they're kind of woo girls almost yeah well no not really <clears throat> and like they go to the bar and rachel's about to get down on kevin's knob and then he, he makes it, a crack about her dead brother yeah i was just like you stupid stupid man <laughs> should have just because he he she puts her. He, he puts smart, on like the, the the smart glass. Yeah, know? and like it's got facial recognition, so it pulls up her Facebook and starts just randomly going through the pictures that she has. I think he was doing it on this site because he says something about what do I just touch over here? Oh, maybe I don't know. But yeah, it's it starts going through pictures and pictures of her and some dude. And he's like, "Is this your boyfriend? Yeah. Looks like a douche." Yeah. <laughs> Look at his stupid hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, even if that's not her dead brother, don't say that. Yeah. Don't remind her she has a boyfriend when she's about to have you six inches deep down her throat, you know? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> We're giving him a lot of credit. Is that, what? Is this a, a Jewish crack? What, what are you doing here? What? Are you trying to say the Jews got small penises? Tony, that's no. very offensive. <laughs> What are, you, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Idiot. Anyway. Um, yeah. And so. That's so. And then shit gets weird. Just starts. Just shit starts going fucking sideways. Uh, they're warned by some crazy guy. That they need to get out of the city before Yom- oh, King David. <laughs> yeah, that guy's awesome. He was awesome. <laughs> it's this like big fat guy who wears this like Burger King crown <laughs> and like robes. Yeah, and he just like walks around telling them that they need to leave. Yeah, they need to get out of um, Jerusalem before Yom Kippur, mm-hmm. which is in a few days time or right. something like that. And then, you know, he's just some crazy guy sauntering around the streets. I mean, why would you pay any attention to him? Then uh, Yom Kippur comes and that's when shit starts going down. Shit breaks down. Um, and it seems like uh, Kevin is the first one to notice. And see, that was something that didn't make sense to me is like, he just seemed to have some kind of like connection to it. Yeah, it was almost like a like a psych um, psychic sixth sense kind of thing that he just 
sense something that was going was going down. Yeah, and there's no explanation to it, Mm-mm. like whatsoever. I mean, they they didn't <clears throat> they didn't even say, oh well, yeah, he has some kind of like psychic connection or psychic ability, or maybe he's just plain crazy right. and can sense it. Nothing like that. The- no, they they chalk it up to the Jerusalem syndrome, which I did not know was a thing outside of a Mark Maron book. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> But apparently it's this thing that people experience when they go to Jerusalem and they have like religious exper- experiences where they just go crazy. Yeah. Um, the movie does start out with uh, a quote from the book of Jeremiah, which I tried to look it up. And aside from like specifically referencing the words that were used, I couldn't actually I didn't actually see that bit in the scripture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if it's real. <laughs> hmm. But it basically says that there are three gates to hell on earth. There are, there's one in the desert, one in the sea, and one in Jerusalem. So, <laughs> you know, you don't really want to be somewhere where there's a gate to hell. <laughs> right. Like ever. But apparently, especially on Yom Kippur, that you especially don't want to be there then. <laughs> so is this something that happens every year? <laughs> <laughs> one, one has to wonder, but everybody else, all the locals, seem pretty surprised by it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and shit just goes into like immediate like apocalypse mode. Mm-hmm. Like power gets shut down, and people are going crazy, and there's like fucking martial law. There, I mean, like there's like basically a military invasion. Well, invasion is the right word, but. Well, then it was interesting that you had like these two IDF soldiers that they met at the bar who didn't seem to know what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, were, they were trying to lead people out of the city and stuff, but it seemed like they kind of took it upon themselves, whereas the rest of the military is just fucking shit up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the movie. I mean, from, right, from we don't there want to get on, into the, the details of what goes down but like tony said it's it's you know apocalyptic type shit yeah i mean it, it, the rest of the movie is them trying to get out of jerusalem mm-hmm. um i mean there's an opening scene that's when was it the 80s that 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 original film was made no, uh, I, th- I think it's probably the 70s Okay, so there was there's a basically a, a a Super Eight video or movie made, and it's, it's being shown of of a, an apparent um, uh, exorcism. I guess, yeah. There was there was a woman that was apparently possessed, um, and it was explained that basically representatives from the three major religions all tried to rid this woman of whatever possession she was under and nothing worked <laughs> yeah um i noticed the the three major religions was kind of a running bit throughout um because you had like that and then uh their their first morning in jerusalem uh what was his name omar omar yeah. he, he's saying you know you've got a church and a synagogue and a uh temple all right with right here within mm-hmm. your viewing range and then at the end you've got kevin praying to god you've got omar praying to allah and then you've got um sarah 
praying in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. So again, you've got all three religions right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, cause I mean, obviously those are the three, <clears throat> like, kind of like the primary colors of religion. <laughs> <laughs> like all the other ones are kind of spawned off of those. More or less. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're all, they all have their origins in, in Jerusalem. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, Islam, uh, took, uh, is, Islam started there or, uh, um, uh, Judaism, J Judaism. Yeah. Began there. Uh, and you know, Christianity kind of spawned off of Judaism, you know, way back when. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they all dig that Jesus guy. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, what, what do you think? Well, based on the name, I was expecting a zombie movie. I didn't really know much about it going into it. Well, yeah, I was expecting zombies to a degree because you know the, you know it's it's Jerusalem but with a with a Z instead of an S. Uh, so and the, and the the title card and the the poster and stuff makes the Z very prominent. Yeah, it, I almost wonder if that was um, intended to kind of draw. Um, the attention of people that liked World War Z. Yeah, it's very possible. Z was presented in a very similar way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I, I thought it was there was going to be because he he mentioned zombies too when he talked about how the three religions believe in the end of the world. Yeah, he does. He says, you know, the the Jews believe in the Golem. Um, the uh. The, was it the the Muslims believe in the black angel or something like that. I I don't recall. And you know he said the Christians believe in shit. I don't remember. I think he just said it was. He said like the undead and zombies. And yeah. Okay. So yeah. I mean there was there was some mention, however brief, of zombies. So that kind of lent credence to the th thought that there might be some zombies, but. There, there weren't any. Mm -mm. Um, in fact, the only real monsters or creatures that you saw were these, you know, kind of demon-like Well, there was things. one other one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, he was kind of a big deal. You'd think. You'd think <laughs> he was a big deal, but he really wasn't. Well, I mean, in the context of the movie, he was, but in... The context of us watching the movie it wasn't a prominent plot point. Yeah, it was kind of a very brief appearance. Yeah, <laughs> seemed really out of left field too. Yeah, it's like oh well, that's happening. <laughs> I mean, maybe know. if I was more familiar with Israeli lore, it might make more sense. Yeah, but I mean, I, I... okay. <clears throat> Okay, this is this is a little bit of a spoiler. It's not a huge like like blockbuster of a one, but I I believe that was the golem. Oh, okay. I I I think. I don't know for sure, but it could be. Um but so uh I mean, 
what would you would you think of the movie as as it was uh the the first person thing as with any movie that's in first person it takes a little bit of time to get used to yeah you got to try and figure out oh okay this is what it's going to be uh the google glass thing was annoying the whole time to it in my opinion yeah you've constantly got shit popping up on the screen and it felt like a way that how they could introduce characters without having to ever say their names yeah <laughs> all she has to do is look at somebody and it's like here's their facebook mm-hmm. even if it's people she didn't know and that's that seems a little um invasion of privacy right type thing i mean unless he didn't have like any privacy settings but i kind of doubt that yeah i thought that when i was watching it too i was like how like she's clearly not friends with him mm-hmm. on facebook so why would his Facebook come up? That seems. Yeah. There was one part where I thought it actually was cool that it actually in the dark. Yep. Yeah. That was that was cool because it had the facial recognition and it would pull up every time it started recognizing a face. It would like have little white blocks around the eyes and around the mouth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at the end when she's lost in the dark in these caves and you can see like little facial recognition blocks starting to pop up in the dark. It's like. Oh shit, she's fucking surrounded. Yeah. That was cool. That was cool. But other than that, especially when it had to, like, she would fall and it would be like fatal error and have a little frowny face. Yeah. Or every time she starts to run and it starts to, like, uh, kind of like skip, like it's a, like it's a videotape. Yeah. It's like, mm, no, that wouldn't happen. And see, the thing Unless was. Unless that was just supposed to be, like, playing it back. I don't know. Maybe. But is she recording the entire fucking time? I. I is she recording literally every second of her entire trip? I mean, if, if this is supposed to be found footage, then she would have to be. See, that was the thing. And this is what I wanted to bring up about the smart glass. Is it was really inconsistent. Because there were times when it was, it appeared that, yeah, it was being presented through what the smart glass was seeing. Mm-hmm. But and then at other times it seemed like it was being presented of what she was actually seeing through her own eyes. So it was literally first person. But whenever someone else would put on the glass, you would still see through their eyes. Right. But and that's what I'm saying. It was inconsistent because there were there was at least one part. There may have been more, but only one comes immediately to mind where she's putting on the glasses and you can actually see the rims pass through her eyes. Hmm. I don't or pass that. by her eyes. So, I mean, it was, it was, you know, you think of how it looks to you when you put your glasses on. You can see the rims right. pass by. It was that same thing. Hmm. So, it was inconsistent. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and that kind of bugged me. I mean, it, was, it wasn't a big deal. And I think if... I think if you weren't watching it like we were with the intention of reviewing Nitpicking. it... picking, yeah. Then you, you probably wouldn't have even noticed, but yeah, that was something that kind of stuck out to me. To me, it's the the first fifty minutes or so are just nothing. It, they they don't add anything, they, and that everything that does happen in those fifty minutes could probably be summed up in like fifteen. Yeah, like we're saying earlier, it's like character development for characters that are not that deep. Mm-hmm. Um. And then when when shit starts going down, it feels like something really intense will happen, and then you'll have this long period of nothing, and then something really crazy will happen, and then there's this period of just nothing. Yeah, it's it's kind of like like you're getting a hand job, and like she just like pumps you a couple times, and then just like walks out of the room. 
and you're just like, when, when, when are you coming back? <laughs> you coming back, right? When do we, when does, when do we finish this? <laughs> when is there more? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I agree. There was, like I said, like right off the bat, there's just a lot of fluff in this. Just so much <laughs> unnecessary stuff. Because it would be like, like. For example, uh, one of these demons would, would show up and they they would fight it or run away or something. And then the next five to ten minutes is just them like running down an alley. I'm <laughs> just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Why aren't there more demons or something? <laughs> yeah. And it was very clear that like there were parts that were cut out because it, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a constant narrative. Right. There were there were jumps in time, you know, to, to relevant things that were happening. So it's like, what? Unless it's being used for like building suspense, then yeah, why? Why were those parts where it's just like running or, you know? And it wasn't even like they were being chased or anything. It was they were just. I mean, I get they were running to get out of the city. Yeah. But it was just like these long periods of just them running and it's just like okay there's there's not really any because a, a good deal of it is uh after uh, that's kind of a spoiler i guess i won't say it but there's no real like threat mm-hmm. at the point where they're running and it's just like oh my god this you're either you're either going to get out or you're not that's yeah. basically the threat and it's just like Get to it already. <laughs> um, but the scenes with the action were awesome. Yeah, like, they're pretty really cool. good. Yeah, once it got down to down to the point, it was pretty decent. Yeah, but it's and like there's like this some foreshadowing, mm-hmm. um, which you know when it happened, I was like, oh, that's like from the thing from earlier. <laughs> <laughs> He was talking about that. I remember that. <laughs> um, and like, there's one plot point that they go through a couple times, and I remember thinking, like, why do they keep bringing this up? This is this has to become relevant at some point. But right now, it just feels like a giant plot hole. But then it all comes full circle at the very end. We'll have to talk about what you mean. The, her brother. Oh, right. Yeah, that that was another yeah, another thing that just seemed like irrelevant information. It's like why are they, I mean, at a point it's like, okay, well this is eventually going to come up. Yeah, but then it like when it did, it, it's almost like you forget about it mm-hmm. and then it comes up and you're like, "Oh, right." Yeah. Shit. Um Yeah. Something that was just in my in my mind about again about the smart glass. It was a little convenient the 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 need to use that as the the mode of seeing what was going on it's like uh sarah wears glasses and her dad got her these smart glasses that are her prescription that are prescription and she had her backpack stolen with her glasses in them like her regular glasses so she was forced to wear the smart glass Oh, is that why? The, yeah. Okay. That was another part that I thought was like, okay, what was the need for that scene? 
Okay, now it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but that seemed a little ham fisted. Yeah. A bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> the girl who played Rachel looked really familiar to me, but I looked her up and I didn't know any of her credits. She kind of looks like um, Micah Monroe. You think? A little bit. I didn't really see it, but. Whatevs. I don't know. She's cute. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, do I have anything else? I don't think so. Oh, what did you think of? It was interesting how the the demons, I guess for lack of a better word, possessed people by like scratching them or biting them. I saw it more as like an infection. Yeah, but it's it was just weird that it was these demons doing it, and then yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I don't really know the purpose it served. Yeah. What did you think of the very, very end? I thought it was kind of dumb. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have been better. It seemed a little unnecessary. Yeah. Um, Did you, watching this, especially at the end, did you get any um, as above, so below? Yes. From it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was feeling that pretty much the entire time I was watching it. I don't know about the entire time, but the end especially, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess maybe not the entire time, but when they went down into the caves. Yeah. And I'll tread lightly on that because I don't want to spoil it, but um, yeah, it's very familiar. Yeah, I definitely got the very beginning of the movie, too, was really derivative, I felt like. Um, mostly like them being on a plane and there's this guy and he's like, no, don't go to there. Come to this place. Yeah. It's like, we've seen this. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. I don't know. I have nothing else for this. I don't know. I was, I was ready to hate it for most of the, most of the first half, <laughs> especially like the, the very beginning. I, Cause like I said, I, it, I was already getting used to the first person perspective and then I have to get used to this Google glass shit popping up on screen and then i felt this very derivative thing and so i was fully prepared to just be like oh my god this movie's gonna be such a shit show <laughs> but like i said when they have the, the the scenes of action i think they're really cool and they're um there's there's some really good horror type scenes in this movie yeah but there's also a lot of like you said fluff mm-hmm. um I think I'm going to go four and a half. Goddamn halves. Yeah. Because I'm. I initially was going to say five, but I feel like that's too much. I don't think I want to go for I'm going to go four and a half. <laughs> okay. And I don't give a shit if you don't like my halves. Such a cop out. You're half assing it. I hate you. <laughs> um Yeah. 
uh, the, the, the first half of the movie, it was really kind of a uh, I don't know if the struggle is the right word, but it was it was hard to get through because it was so kind of slow paced and there wasn't really much going on. And at a certain point, you start to wonder, like, what the fuck am I watching this for? It didn't even feel like it was building towards anything. Exactly. It just felt like it was just stuff that was happening. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was getting to a point where it's just like, God damn it. This is another fucking boner of a movie. <laughs> um, but then when, you know, shit hit the fan and all of the, like the, the fucking truly horror scenes started to happen. Um, it, it was very, like I said, very reminiscent of Asbo So Below at parts. Um, which, you know, a lot of people didn't seem to like, if I remember right, I gave it a decent rating. It was okay. I didn't like it. You didn't? Mm-mm. Well, whatever. Um, and I also had some, some, uh, images of Cloverfield a little bit, a little bit, especially with the, uh, with the like first person perspective, handheld camera kind of thing yeah um and so yeah like i said when when the when the when stuff actually started happening it was definitely became much more of an interesting movie and um (laughs) go figure (laughs) but i mean saying that 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 second half kind of made it worthwhile because there was there were some cool things happening um, but I mean, they weren't anything too spectacular. I'm not going to pretend like it was like some of the best, like wasn't like the best effects I've ever seen or even like the best monsters or even the best laid plan or plot or anything like that. Not at all, but it was decent. Um, and I, I definitely say that if this is something that you see in like the red box, for instance, I'd say it's worth a buck and you know, an hour and a half of your time. Why not? So, uh, I think I'll, I will give it a five. Okay. So from here, we move on to our next film, 10 Cloverfield Lane. And I saved your life by bringing you here. And everyone outside of here is dead. What happened to your arm? Were you trying to escape? I was trying to get in. What was that? Quiet. How do you know that this is real? So it's kind of funny that you said you got a little bit of Cloverfield from Jerusalem because I didn't get any fucking Cloverfield in this one. No, this is like a world different than. than yeah, if if uh, 
Like I'll tell you right off the bat, if you're expecting Cloverfield 2, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Hmm. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane is a story about Michelle, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who, man, I got a thing for. Yeah. And, but it's not just like a sexual thing. She's just a cutie. It's 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 like I just I just want to like I want to buy her ice cream. <laughs> All right. Just want to take her out to a movie, a nice dinner. I like I just want to like you know appreciate her. I just, just want to cuddle and watch Downton Abbey. <laughs> oh fuck! But uh, the movie starts with her running away from her fiance uh ben aka bradley cooper cooper who you never see no you only hear his voice which i did you realize right away it was him no me neither i (laughs) spotted it when the credits were rolling i'm like oh i'll be damned see i didn't i saw it on imdb Mm. um but yeah so she's running away uh why we don't know but she gets in a car accident and is knocked unconscious. When she wakes up, she is locked in some kind of bunker. She's chained to the the radiator or whatever. And <clears throat> as she tries to escape, uh, the dad from Roseanne <laughs> <laughs> uh, comes into her room tells her that there's been some kind of attack he doesn't know if it's terrorist or what or chemical or what exactly it is but there's some kind of attack and the the only place they're safe is within this bunker right he's obviously some kind of uh doomsday prepper that he's he's been waiting for this day it's a little wacky his name is howard and uh this was this was before john goodman lost all the weight clearly He's, yeah, I mean, but he's he's slimmer in this than he was in Roseanne. Well, yeah, he his his weight loss seemed like a progressive thing. Yeah, like it was came he's, in stages. Like he's relatively skinny now. Like he's still not you know skinny, but he, I think he, he's got a lot of extra skin now. <laughs> yeah, but he he did drop a, like a lot. Yeah. Um. But anyways, so Howard and uh, Emmett, who just reminds me so much of Ellis from Left 4 Dead 2. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's also staying in this bunker. And basically, as time goes on, it's kind of this mix of them all getting closer and becoming like this little family, but at the same time, not really trusting Howard going back and forth on whether or not they do, whether or not he knows what's best for them or if he's just that shit crazy. Mm-hmm. Cause he, he definitely puts off both of those vibes. Yeah. Uh, and you don't, you, you constantly question his intentions too. Like, even if he is crazy, like, is he, crazy in the way where he's locked them in this bunker sure but he's doing it because he believes that it's the best thing for them or is he crazy in the way where he's like abusive yeah and so the the movie does a really good job of kind of always keeping you on your toes of wondering 
you know, who's the bad guy? What's what's his reasoning? <clears throat> and 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 also what's going on outside? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean that's that's kind of the catch twenty two in this entire movie. And I mean, it seems a little seems a little duh to say so, but that's the thing is like, um, what was the main character's name? Shit. Michelle. Michelle. Um, Michelle, you know, she's not convinced that, you know, what <laughs> Dan from Roseanne say, <laughs> uh, Howard, um, she's not convinced that what he's saying is true, but at the same time, it's, he's being so convincing that she can't completely set it aside and you know well it's like the things if if outside is as bad as he says it is then you're better off inside no matter what right so it's kind of like are you willing to take that risk yeah it, she can't prove him wrong without yeah. risking what herself basically and while while that's kind of the whole plot and i realize that's not really explained well it's done really well um there's not really a lot that goes on for most of the movie but it it does a really good job of of keeping things moving and of keeping you uh interested yeah yeah it's it's uh i mean aside from like the kind of impending doom which is pretty ambiguous, like through the entire movie. Um, it definitely kind of gives you a glimpse into the life of three relative strangers being forced to kind of live together in very confined setting. And, mm-hmm. You know, one of them being possibly unhinged, you know? Yeah. So. And, um, some interesting things about this movie is it was originally called The Cellar, mm-hmm. and it was written by uh, Josh Campbell and Matthew Stuyken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but uh, it was the the end of the movie was actually changed during production. Well, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and there's debate over whether the it was changed to make it more Cloverfieldy. Okay, but if that's the case, that failed. Yeah, the fact uh, this being called Ten Cloverfield Lane, it's a bit of a misnomer. Yeah, um, there's. Little to no connection to the original. Um, and to explain what connection there is, is kind of spoiler bill. I, I really want to talk about the ending of this movie. Okay. So I guess maybe we'll just do a little spoiler section here. Okay. Uh, put like a, put a warning in at the beginning of the episode. So, by the time you're listening to this, you would have heard that already. So, this is the time when you are going to want to... It'd be really helpful if you, if you could tell them what time to jump forward to. Sure. So, uh, okay. Spoilers starting now. Okay. Uh, 
I guess this actually isn't a spoiler, but I already said it. So, but the original ending, she escapes. Uh, Howard chases her through the house. She shoots him in the leg and runs away. And he yells at her to be careful. And as she's driving, she crests over a hill and she sees just the the ruins of a Chicago. Ruins. Ruins of, of the Chicago skyline. Chicago. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know why they changed it to Houston. This is Louisiana. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, but I mean, at the end, it, you see Houston. Right. But uh, yeah, so they, they changed that apparently. And then that's like the end. Which okay. to me, have her go over the crest of the hill and see New York. Yeah. Boom. There's your connection right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never, or I, I didn't understand why this was in. I mean, it, it it seemed like it was Louisiana. The things they were saying led me to believe it was Louisiana, but maybe it was Texas. I I don't know for sure. But it seemed like if they were going to tie this into Cloverfield, the simple thing to do would be to change the location. Easy, and just have the, the monster be. Somewhere else, you mean? Or or you mean change the location to New York? Change it to New York. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, upstate or something. Or east. Or well, west, I mean. The the thing that really gets me is that J.J. Uh, Abrams has said that the Cloverfield monster is not an alien. Okay. At least that's that's what I read. I, I couldn't... I can only find one source on that, but it's... The, the Cloverfield Wik- Wikia page says that he has denied that it's an alien. It's just, you know, a sea monster like Godzilla. Okay. But in this, once she escapes from the house, it's fucking men in black. Yeah. So I don't know. I, don't, I, I was so confused. And and the, the tone of the movie changes completely. Mm-hmm. You've got this like brooding, slow burning, tense piece of foot of uh, cinema. And then all of a sudden you've got this action-packed lights flashing things chasing you Michael Bay movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of, seemed like they kind of dropped the ball on that a little bit because so much of the movie, I mean, the entire part and I don't know, can we, is this, are we still doing spoilers? Yeah. We're in spoiler territory. We haven't, called it off yet so okay um never mind then i'm gonna save this for the regular discussion oh, okay um yeah and how about the way that she killed the alien or With whatever the molotov yeah that was so dumb yeah what and did she throw it with her offhand it looked like she threw it with her left hand and i got the impression she was right-handed Based on what? I don't know. Other things. The fact that she, most people are right-handed. Well, like when they were at dinner, she drank with her right hand. I drink with my right hand. Yeah, but you do weird things. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm left-handed, but I write and draw and bat with my right hand. I write and draw with my left hand. Nobody cares <laughs> about your hands. <laughs> These hands. <laughs> You know, people who knew me before might say, oh, there's that guy with the small, weak hands. Wait, is this a Donald Trump thing? 
Uncle Jack. Oh. <laughs> Fucking fake hands. <laughs> um, and I thought it was funny that after she left and there she's listening on the radio and it's like, you know, if, if you need help, go to Baton Rouge. But if, if you have battle experience and you want to help, come to Houston. And then she comes to a sign and it says, Baton Rouge, Houston. Yeah. Only two cities on the <laughs> sign. <laughs> It's like a fucking cartoon. <laughs> are we still doing spoilers? Yeah. What are, what left are we spoiling? Well, there's the whole alien. This shouldn't thing. Like, exceed like five minutes. When she goes to Houston, and then like there's the flash of lightning, and you just see the giant alien spaceship, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. I was so confused because I didn't. This was before I had read that J.J. Abrams had denied that the Cloverfield monster was an alien, but I was like, I'm pretty sure it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, I mean, I've read some. I mean, I've I've seen both movies. I've read some stuff now, and I just I don't I still don't get it. I don't know what connection it has because even the monster or the alien or whatever the fuck it was, uh, didn't look anything like the one from the original. Mm-mm. It didn't even look like the parasites. Yeah, and you know, people are. I've seen people on the internet saying, "Oh, well, there's like, there's like." There are different stages of the invasion. It's like, when was that a thing? Well, and that still doesn't change the fact that the Cloverfield monster is not an alien. Right. I don't know. And I've heard people say that, like, oh, well, the connection is that, like, the, it's, it's like a Twilight Zone kind of thing. That it's... What? And I, Yeah, it's like, that's not a connection. Because <laughs> <laughs> so by that logic, then Super 8 is also part of the same canon. Right. Yeah, I don't know. People are dumb. All right, so I think... Are we done with spoilers now? Yeah, I think so. All right, end spoilers. Okay. Um, the only real tie-in to the original is, like, little things. Like, at one point, there's you see an envelope that had uh, the, the name of the company that the satellite fell in, the, in Cloverfield. Remember, the satellite fell into the ocean, and that was what woke him up? The Tagru... Ta- no something i don't remember that oh well in this you see an envelope and it has it has the company name as the return address Mm. um so it's just like little easter eggs like that yeah it's like if you want to call that a connection then you know from dust till dawn and pulp fiction take place in the same yeah because they both have big kahuna burger (laughs) so i don't know i don't i don't really it it feels like they because like I said, it was f- originally titled The Cellar, and it feels like they just kind of went, oh, we, we can make this a Cloverfield movie. <laughs> just tweak it a little. Um, yeah, what I was what I was going to say earlier is that um, this, for all the suspense and, you know, um, uh, No, not conspiracy, but like, um, I don't know, just all, all like the, the characters, like not really knowing, well, except for Howard, apparently, uh, not really knowing exactly what's going on outside and just the constant sense of wonder and just, you know, constantly building that suspense, you know, like what are Howard's real intentions and, you know, how do we get out of here, you know? Can he be trusted? That, that, that type of stuff. Building that 
like so delicately and being such a, such a fine tipped instrument throughout so much of the movie. And then to jump to the, the way it ended was just like a fucking blunt force trauma. It, it felt the, the end felt shoehorned in. Yeah, it, it was it was completely different. Um, it was such a fucking left turn that just came out of nowhere. Well, sort of, sort of out of nowhere. But, um, like, like I said, I mean, there was the, most of the movie was, like I said, needle, just like very fine tipped, delicate, um, and very precision. And the end was just. It was like the difference between poking somebody with a straight pin and hitting them with a bat. I mean, yeah. <laughs> just precision and sharp and just blunt. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was night and day with, with the way, the, with the two, with the feel of the, the you know, 90% of the movie and then the last 10%. Yeah. Also, if there's a lot of plot holes in this movie. But most of them, I feel like, are deliberate. Like, I don't know if there's plans for other movies. But it couldn't say it. It it would be a very J.J. Abrams thing to do to just have these open-ended things, just so you can. Even if he doesn't plan on doing a movie, but I mean, like, if you think about the viral marketing for Cloverfield, mm-hmm. he could do that same kind of stuff. Yeah, and I mean, the fact that this one really. I mean, literally came out of nowhere. Nobody knew about it until like. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, it was it was originally titled The Seller, and it filmed under the name Valencia. Mm-hmm. I, I give credit to Bad Robot for keeping shit secret. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. They managed to, like, nobody knew about it. Yeah, and I think it was the fact that you know J.J. Abrams was not directing it. Yeah, that's true. He was just producer. Yeah. Um. And maybe, you know, it probably wasn't being done necessarily under the bad robot banner. So it just kind of went under the radar and nobody really paid much attention to it. Um, so, yeah. Are you ready for numbers? Uh, yeah, I think so. All right, go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean. Like like I said, I mean, ninety percent of this movie was pretty good and pretty good at building building up that suspense. Um, whether or not I'd, I'd really classify this as a horror, like if you take out the last little bit, of, like this, this kind of like su- surprise of an ending, I would call it a suspense thriller. Yeah, but not not really a horror. There wasn't really much horror involved. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, if you, I mean, if you take that bit out, then it's like it almost makes me think: like, what are we? Why are we even reviewing this? Yeah. Um. But all, I mean, overall, it was it was pretty uh, well done, and um, did keep you in suspense I, I, I mean at the very least because um, you're constantly questioning like 
you know, what's really going on outside. I mean, it was how, how we're telling the truth. I mean, and there were so many things happening that made you believe that he was telling the truth, but then at the same time, there were things happening or, you know, there were, there was information being given to you that it's like, okay, well maybe he's full of shit. And like, it would get you start to lean one way and then all of a sudden something would hit you that would take you right back to the other way. Yeah. Um, but that ending, I don't know what they were doing. I feel like it might be polarizing for a lot of viewers. I think a lot of people probably thought it was stupid, and a lot of people probably thought it was good. The thing is, I I have to wonder how different it would be if if it wasn't a complete tonal switch. Yeah, because the movie does make you feel a certain way for so long, and then all of a sudden that comes out of nowhere, and so it, it's just kind of it's it's very what the fuck. Mm-hmm. So if if the movie didn't have that tonal switch. Would we like it more? Well, I mean, the end specifically. Would we like the end more? Because it it wouldn't be a what the fuck. Uh, so if if it was the original ending, is that what you said? No, I'm saying if oh. if like if if the first however long of the movie didn't exist or had the same kind of tone as the end, would we still dislike the end as much as it sounds like we both do? Because a big reason why it's so unpopular is that it's very what the fuck. It's very like, where is this coming from? Why why is this happening now? Yeah. Because it is it's this sharp left turn, like you said. It's this this quick change that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I'm saying if you put that in a movie that where the whole movie is that same tone, that same feel, that same you know, pace, would it be better? Or is, does the end just suck on its own? Um, it's hard to say because, I mean, if it was a movie that was based around that tone, then I don't know if it's necessarily something they would even notice. It'd just be the ending. It's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't... I don't th- I don't think that this, if if an entire movie was based around how the ending was, I don't think, uh, I don't think it would be that good of a movie. I don't personally. I don't either. Um, uh, but I mean, if you put it in a movie that was based around that, then yeah, I mean, I guess it, it might be be a better ending but it's i don't know but if it if it was in a movie where that ending better suited it then yeah i guess it would have been a better ending because it actually fit the movie yeah that makes sense whether or not that movie would actually be any good as as a movie itself i don't think so but i mean it's hard to say yeah kind of depends who would be making it i guess um but it was definitely not suited for this movie i agree um, so, but I mean, the, the fact that I liked about, like I said, 90 ish percent of it, um, I think I'll give it a seven. Okay. Um, I think 90% is too much. I, I don't think it was that long, but, uh, 
yeah, the first, I mean, just for arguments, like, let's say the first two acts are really good. And, like, they're, they're tense and they're suspenseful. And there's at, at least one genuine holy shit moment. Mm-hmm. And it, and then it just gets all just turned on its head and everything changes. Um, so for me, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a six. Okay. I, I think using the Cloverfield branding while it was smart and that it gets people in the theater. I think it was a mistake because this is not a Cloverfield movie. No. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, that seemed like some pretty underhanded, like marketing shit. Yeah. I mean, it's not the first time it's been done. Won't be the last. Won't be the last. Yeah. Um, basically repurposing a script to fit into your series but yeah oh paranormal activity did that with the marked ones right that okay i knew there was a recent example but i couldn't think of what it was anyway yeah so i mean go check it out but be forewarned that things get weird yeah like I said, I mean, some people like the ending. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like we we're saying, if 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 it wasn't so out of left field, it might have been better. But I just don't know. Yeah. All right. So before we get out of here, we're gonna do plot holes. So I need an adjective. Oh, hold on. I'm gonna turn my phone back on. Oh, you and your fucking phone. Uh, s- saggy old. That's two adjectives. It's it's a it's a dual adjective, dual adjective. That's not a thing. That's a, that's a thing. You no. just made that up. I, that's a thing. Look it up. <laughs> Webster's. Webster's. <laughs> a verb ending in ing. Uh, squeezing. Like Mr. Whipple. What, what the fuck is Mr. Whipple? Charmin. Oh. Don't squeeze the Charmin. <laughs> You're doing boob honks in in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, adjective <laughs> chapped battered chapped pusser <laughs> plural noun uh, dimply ass cheeks noun tobacco spit Yuck. verb ending in s humps plural noun Beef curtains. I was kind of hoping you'd just say humps again. <laughs> Verb. Verp. Verp? The fuck is that? When you burp, but you puke a little bit. <laughs> it's a vomit burp. All right. You heard that? No. Oh. And an adjective. Hella sore, bro. I'm getting all swole. Right. GTLing. It's it's probably not going to work. <laughs> really? Probably. Should, should I change it? I mean, hella sore will probably work, but since you added bro. <laughs> oh, no, not bro. Oh. That wasn't actually part of it? No, just hella sore. All right. 
here is Tony's rewrite of Phantasm. When Mike spies some saggy old creatures squeezing corpses from the local cemetery, (laughs) he and his older brother Jody explore the mausoleum where they find the mortician, a towering chapped figure with superhuman strength, has somehow bridged the gap between Earth and the afterworld and needs fresh dimply ass cheeks. (laughs) Among the tools of his trade is a flying Swiss army tobacco spit that humps into the skulls of its hapless victims, (laughs) then extracts their beef curtains. <laughs> Their allies die off one by one until only the brothers are left to verp humankind against the nefarious tall man and his army of hellasaur dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> there were some that worked, some didn't. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> hellasaur dwarves. <laughs> Makes it sound like he's banging them. <laughs> Banging their beef curtains. <laughs> Bang, banging their butts. All right. All right. We got a board game night to go to. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to do it for episode 58. We'll be back again with in a couple weeks with episode 59 because that comes after 58. Numbers. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> um, yeah, what are we doing? I can't remember. We are doing Hush. And the other side of the door. Right. So, catch up with us for that two Wednesdays from now. Um, in the meantime, where can they find us? Uh, check us out at graveplotpodcast.com. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, please leave us a review, uh, even if it's just a rating. Um, and you know, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. Uh, so yeah, catch you again on the next episode. I think we'll do better next time. <laughs> Today was it was a weird day. It was a weird day. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, we'll be back with episode fifty nine. Couple weeks, as I've said twice already now. At least. Ugh, God damn it. Okay. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. You know that you could find me on the way to Jerusalem. But I took a magic carpet ride to a popular movie show. And that's where I found her. Was on the way to Jerusalem. She was hanging on a screen a technicolor michelangelo